What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me as always is the man, well, who's still celebrating Christmas, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Celebrating, yes, that the Lord has come into the world, but also my weight has gone up, so I need to try and take some of that celebration off. And it's coming off. I'm I'm being diligent. Maybe that's everyone's first New Year's resolution thought, especially if you have a slow metabolism like mine. How do I get the weight off? So... But it was a great Christmas. It was a great Christmas. And as you said, both you and I, yeah, we did do a fair amount of celebrating uh, at mealtime. Boy, the whole family was in town. Our daughter and son-in-law, the new son-in-law or the next son-in-law, I should say. We got to spend a whole lot of time with him. And, uh, And then just our family. So all of our kids, I mean, our son is 16, but he's basically adult sized. We had a Christmas full of adults and it was amazing. And it reminded me of how much adults eat versus kids. I thought the kids ate a lot, but I'm, I'm still cooking like a fiend. Even this, now how many days are we into Christmas now? This is uh, seven days or so into Christmas. And yeah, we're still, <laughs> we're still celebrating Christmas with all of the kids there. But you know, it was, from my perspective, I think it was the best Christmas uh, with the family that I can recall. Just because we have this growing hope with the, with the kids getting, you know, starting to find the people that God has called them to be with and the hope for grandchildren in the future. And we could just see this expand even, even larger uh, with, with that. So yeah, that's what, when I looked at it, I, maybe it was the first time I've done that where I looked at it like my dad or my grandfather would look at. I remember seeing them look at family, just kind of sit quietly in the corner, watch the mayhem go on. And they're just smiling, looking at it all like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the, the the dad in this moment, but I'm glad I'm the grandparent. I, I look forward to that. <laughs> oh, I definitely do too. I will say this too. You're right. It was the best Christmas, but I also recognize that at every year that the kids have been growing up from babies all the way to where they are now as adults, I just think, wow, this is the best age they have been. And then they get a little older and then you go, oh no, wait, this is the best age they have been. And it just really makes us appreciate, well, what we have here and now. And what we have here and now is still a bunch of adults in our house because, wow, we have had a crazy stormy kind of time right now mm-hmm. in uh, across the Pacific Northwest. Our kids in, in eastern Washington, they have not yet been able to go home between uh, snowfall, road closures, landslides, and now a good amount of snow in their town where they're living, they're still at our house. Yeah, they showed a picture today, in fact, of one of the cars that they have that's not running very well, so they have it parked. Well, there's like three or four feet of snow on top of it, and they sent us a picture today of that. I just thought, wow, we, we've never had to contend with that here in, in the Portland area that I can recall, but uh, but they can't make it back home, so they're with us in this rain and uh, and in my house, and I'm still feeding them, and... Christmas goes on. Christmas goes on and the celebration goes on. And it's a lot of fun as uh, parents to see your grown children really enjoying time together. Well, it is the new year. We turn the calendar and that means, well, along with our overindulgence during the Christmas season, we are kind of creating some resolutions. Of course, we want to get back to our 
kind of fighting weight, we'll say. You and I always try to do that together. We have our gym membership. I have decided, though, I am not going to go back to the gym until February 1st because statistics say that by February, 80% of people will have dropped their New Year's resolutions, which means we'll be back to our regular crowd at the gym. (laughs) We'll wait for the scarcity moment, right? Yeah, that's going to be probably about February. So that's our good excuse for not having to exercise right for the month of january i think I'll, right. I'll go there the rain can't i can't walk either so i'm stuck in the house i like to make resolutions for the new year and and the last couple of years i've i've really resolved to uh two years ago it was to get the weight down and i did actually both you and i did a pretty good job of it and then last year it was to get in line with our exercising and we've managed to do that so this year though I didn't really set one. I've really decided to kind of shift things up and just be more of the same. Meaning that those things that I am doing, especially when it comes to our faith, I want to do it more. The things that I am involved with, the things and practices that I am doing, I want to do them more and be more focused. I can tell the difference between the resolutions I make that are just for myself versus the resolutions that I make for my spiritual well-being. And when I get God and the saints on my side, boy, I can do a whole lot more that way. It's kind of like with regard to Lent, you know, and growing up as kids, we were always trained, if you will, that you give up something, right? But of late, of the years, over the last uh, 10, 15 years, we've been talking more about how, what can you add to your life. And I think that that's similar to what you're describing for a resolution. What can you add to maybe ongoing good habits and structures that you've uh, been working to a place in, into your life? How can you do that more deeply? So I'm with you. And my resolution is to join you in that resolution. I love it. Well, you know who else is joining in on the resolutions? Our good friend, Mary Harrell. We're going to get a chance to talk with her coming up because she has some ideas for Catholic New Year's resolutions, and the best way to get through 2022. And in the second half, we'll take a look at Mary's resolutions a little more deeply and see whether or not we can apply those in our own lives. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bite 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furlow of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Today we're going to talk about grace. Inevitably, all of us get into a situation where we need help. And when we've exhausted all the human help around us, usually somebody says, Hey, you know what you need? You need to pray for the grace to do it. So what does that mean? Because it kind of sounds like a really cold exchange of money. Like, hey, you out of money? Hit Jesus up. He's got five bucks. The old God is a slot machine, and when we pray, we're really just hoping our numbers come up. That is not it at all. There are several types of grace and many effects that grace has on us, but at its core, it's the literal, actual being and presence of God. It's God himself personally flowing into our being and permanently healing and changing us. Doesn't get much more personal than that. I'm Father Tim Furlow, and this is Catholic Bites 60 Seconds. 
Why do you listen to Mater Day Radio? Is it for the prayers, Catholic news and education, or to be inspired? Whatever your reason for listening, we are grateful for your support. And as we surpass 30 years of broadcasting a gospel message, we hope you will consider leaving a legacy for Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. This can be as easy as including Catholic Radio as a beneficiary in your will. For more information on estate planning options, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Would you be surprised to know that almost two-thirds of people will abandon their New Year's resolutions within the first month? And then, of course, by the time February rolls around, nearly 80% have dropped them. Well, we all have the best intentions, and I believe there must be a better way than just sheer willpower. So what if you went beyond the physical and looked to the spiritual resolutions and asked God and all the angels and saints to help you along? Well, joining me today to share some of her ideas for a Catholic New Year's resolution, what's our good friend, Mary Harrell. Good morning, Mary. And let me say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Brenda. Happy New Year. Blessed New Year to everyone at Modern Day. It's going to be a great year. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's going to be great. Oh, absolutely. And of course, now that we are still in the Christmas season, so we can still be celebrating. Mary, you know, as I said, about two thirds of us have probably already made and broken a New Year's resolution. Do you ever think about that in your own life, thinking, you know, what am I going to do this year and, and try to make a resolution? Gosh, you know, Brenda, I think about the the way that the church year actually starts back in Advent. That's right, the actual start of the liturgical year. I think about the seasons of the church with, with Lent, with Advent, and our family just came out of what felt like a little time of resolution. We took up a little extra penance for Advent this year, which was the first time we had done that. Um, so when I think about New Year's resolutions, I think, gosh, I know that's when people decide to work out and eat better, but I those things are so important. They're very important in life, but I don't always want to do those. I want to make sure that my prayer life uh, is is as strong as it can be. I want to make sure I have a healthy relationship with our Lord and Savior. I, I want to make sure I'm doing those things. So that's what I think of when I think of resolutions. Mary, I could not agree with you more. In fact, in looking at New Year's resolutions versus commitments I make for Lent, I am always far more successful during those Lenten sacrifices and those things that Mm. I want to do in preparation Mm -hmm. for Easter. But there's no reason to wait for Lent. Let's go ahead and start those things now. And boy, by the time Lent comes around, we'll be ready to go. Well, Mary, you brought up a really interesting point as we were preparing for our interview. And kind of one of those things, one of those holy, pious traditions that we do, and it has to do with the holy name of Jesus. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Brenda, we just all celebrated as a church, whether you're in the Novus Order Rite or, or a traditional rite, um, the, the Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus is something that has really lost maybe some of its reverence in uh, recent decades. Um, there used to be a tradition in the church that we would bow our head at the holy name of Jesus. And it's scriptural, right? Every knee shall bend, every head shall bow on earth and under the earth. So this is something that truly was common in uh, in Catholic circles for many, many decades, many centuries. And we stopped doing it. So this year I resolved, I'm going to make the holy name of Jesus to me in my life. I'm going to bow my head at the name of it. 
And, I, you know, Brenda, that's going to be uncomfortable sometimes mm. because people are going to say, "What? Are, you know, is this a seizure? What are you dipping? Is this a nervous tick you're doing with dipping your head? But I have, you know, I have friends that use it colloquially, um, not exactly as a curse word, but certainly without the reverence it deserves. Okay. And so I'm going to bow, I'm going to start bowing my head. That was my resolution this year, that when I hear his name, I will bow my head. So, Mary, you're saying that at any time you in prayer or you hear somebody else say it at any time of day, whether it's at church or not, a simple bow of the head is what it takes? That is that that is that is the nail on the head right there, Brenda. And it's, it's certainly within the Catholic rite, the name of Jesus is used with less frequency in our Mass and our tradition. We, we use the name of our Holy Savior or our, our um, Christ our Lord. We don't always, we sometimes reserve His name for more uh, sacred times, um, and we don't use it casually. So I'm, I'm going to resolve to do that in my life as well, and keep His name something reverent and holy in my life, so that when I hear it or when I use it, yeah, I make that dip of the head. So maybe we should do an update in February and see <laughs> how terrible I am at, at keeping it, but I am going to try. Oh, absolutely. Try indeed. And again, as I said in the opening, well, let's get all of the angels and saints because, you know, they would have a pious practice also of that. And Mary Harrell, of course, with young family members that you're trying to raise to be saints (laughs) will lead by example. Do you find that when you're taking up a practice like something like bowing your head or even praying before a meal, do you find that your children just kind of start to pick that up along with you? Oh, gosh, Brenda, I saw something recently hit me like a ton of bricks. Children don't hear what you say. They see what you do. And so I'm trying to live that in my daily life um, and show them that I take this seriously. I want them to take it seriously. And instead of just saying to them, hey, bow your head at the name of Jesus, I want them to see that I do it myself. And hopefully that will be something (laughs) that will stick with both me and, and them as the year goes through. Mary Harrell is joining me today. You get to hear Mary frequently on the Morning Blend. She's joining us today because, well, it's New Year's and it's time for a New Year's resolution. Well, Mary, I know for myself, too, it's not that I have fallen out of practice of doing certain things, but I really want to try to focus more Mm. on those things Mm -hmm. that I'm already doing. Throughout the day, one of those things that I'm trying to do is to really be conscious about my prayer and not just during the times where I think, you know, oh, Lord, just help me through this traffic. I've got to find a parking place, whatever that might be. But really intentional, focused prayer. Do you find that there are times, even as we go through days and months and weeks, that there are times where you get very good at focusing your prayer? And then again, other times mm. where it's like, oh, I just don't have time for that right now. Oh, gosh, Brenda, geez. Talk about this is like true confessions of <laughs> Catholic motherhood right now today. Oh, getting deep. I find, Brenda, that I um, I read a reflection on confession recently that said, um, think about the three sections of thinking about your life, thinking about your relationship with God, um, your relationship um, with yourself, how you regard you and treat yourself in your relationship with others. And I've been thinking with that in my prayer a lot, thinking, um, at the end of the day, I want to be right with God. I want to make an act of contrition at the end of the day. I, I want to recount my sins. I want to think about what I can do better tomorrow, um, and I want to be grateful. I want to be grateful every day of my life, and that has truly helped focus my prayer. Do you find that when you thank the Lord that your prayer is richer because you stop thinking about what you want from the Lord, but instead thanking Him for what He's given you already? 
Oh, absolutely. That attitude of gratitude really oh, goes yes. a long way for sure. And yes, I, I try to be very specific about my need because if there's something that I'm wanting a kind of help or resolution with, I will focus on that one thing instead of maybe throw out the large net and just see whatever kind of <laughs> prayers I can gather it in. But definitely then being thankful for all of the blessings. And boy, when you start saying thank you, you oh. realize the gift and blessing that God has bestowed on all of us. Well, Mary, Absolutely. again, it's a new year. It's 12 months long, just like the last one. I'm kind of thinking this year too, Mary, I'd like to focus on a saint. Do you ever mm. think about drawing on the lives of the saints and maybe picking a saint or two that you might want to learn more about? Oh, gosh, I've been so grateful to one of our local parishes here in Sacramento. Every year they set out these big baskets on New Year's Day, right after the Mass of or the Feast of uh, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, with, you know, every saint in the book on a little piece of paper wrapped up and, you know, um, sealed with a little sticker. And for, gosh, five years running now, I think, we've all picked a saint after Mass. We come home and we pray every night to those saints for 365 days a year. And gosh, if that hasn't been just a wonderfully enriching thing for our children and for us to think about the thousands, the millions of saints acknowledged and unacknowledged know that are in heaven that just are waiting for us to ask for their help, waiting to to help intercede for us to, to God and His angels. And we, we need to embrace that richness as Catholics that whatever we see here on earth, the multitudes in heaven that are waiting for us just to cry out, just to say, hey, are you up there, is so rich. And I don't know if there's anything better for a children's imagination, but to pick some new saints every year and say, hey, be on my team. Will you pitch it for oh. me this year? Will you be with me? I think it's great. I love that idea. So for our listeners, I'm going to recap, Mary, this is what we've talked about. And it, it feels like a lot to pick resolutions and stick to them. But let's think about this. Bow at the holy name of Jesus. Be grateful in your prayer and choose a saint to walk with. Amen. Amen to that. I think that is absolutely a perfect way to take on 2022. And we'll be talking again real soon. Awesome. Cheers to you, Brenda. Cheers to everybody there. Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year to you, too. God bless you. It's always a great week when I get to talk with Mary. She is a woman full of life and she has got little ones. In fact, she was telling me as we were preparing for our interview that she had to take her Christmas tree down a little bit early because her youngest, who's just a toddler, well, he was just wreaking havoc with it. He could not keep his hands off of it. But she has a full family. And so those three things that she talked about, they're very doable for any person, whether you are a mom of a bunch of little ones and you're running around. Well, her practices were so very simple. Bow at the name of Jesus, have gratitude or more gratitude in prayer and pick a saint and walk with for the whole year. So in the second half, I thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about each one of those. Now, bowing at the name of Jesus, and it's a simple bow of the head. That's a practice that you keep too, especially when you're on the altar during the mass. Right. I think it's pretty consistent amongst clergy that we should bow when saying the word words of Jesus Christ or praying the words of Jesus Christ, particularly in liturgy. So it's it's common practice for me to do that, but I think it should be 
common practice for people to feel comfortable to do that because it is the name and it and the name has uh, honor and worthiness and power in itself. Like, like we say with um, St. Faustina, Jesus, I trust in you. That simple prayer, how powerful the name of Jesus is. So out of respect for that, for our own uh, internal uh, memory to go, oh yeah, that's, I just said Jesus' name, I should bow in honor of that name. That's a great remembrance of all of the reverence we should be bringing to mass, bringing to our faith, and bringing to the respect of others as we proclaim our faith. Now, growing up, I can remember the nuns that taught me at St. Mary's School in Escondido, and that's what they told us. They said that you are supposed to bow your head when you hear or say the name of Jesus. That is a practice so very simple. It doesn't require any extra time. It will definitely deepen your faith, your honor of the Lord. And again, you start over the next few months. Well, by Lent, which starts in March, you could keep that going. I think that's excellent. So the second thing that Mary talked about is having a more gratitude in prayer. I definitely know, Scott, that if I fall out of the habits of, say, praying my rosary, well, it does seem to be the thing that gets me to pick it back up again is when I have a need. And how often our prayers are focused on that and need. Uh, we have a need to help us pass the test. We have a need for, you know, getting us through difficult situations. But if we always remember to have gratitude in prayer, it makes it definitely less focus on ourselves. It allows us to recognize the abundance of blessing. Even in our difficult times, even when we are sick or when we have a difficult family life situation, when we recognize that, well, there are still so many things that we should have gratitude for because they're blessings. There's not a thing that we have in this world. It's not a gift from God. And having gratitude, it triggers in our mind, and much like the the reverence at the name of Jesus, the gratitude, uh, the action of gratitude actually triggers in our minds a humility an awareness that I could not do this without the assistance of someone else, without God's help. And that brings us to a, a place that Christ wants us to be, to be humble, because it's there we, we can see more clearly what otherwise remains veiled behind a society of noise and confusion and, and selfishness. Mm-hmm. And again, that gratitude, which is the, the thankfulness that we will be doing eternally in heaven with the saints and the angels praising God, giving thanks to God. We do that at mass. That's, and that's the premise of, as we have so often stated, the title of Eucharist Mm. to give thanks, being grateful for, uh, that's, we're grateful for Christ's sacrifice. And when we see that we could do nothing in, in totality, if we keep our minds on on the the responsibility, we can do nothing without Christ's grace, and how how a powerful remembrance that is for us to to do that in our daily actions when we pray. We can think back and think of maybe religious or or um, family members who were adamant on praying, but they would pray with a cynicism, with a frustration, almost they they're going to get the prayer done. But there wasn't much gratitude in the prayer that they they might have given. You might remember somebody like that in your life. We should never be praying in 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 a sense of frustration. 
giving giving God gratitude for that opportunity to even pray and recognize his presence in our life. And then finally, Mary's third resolution that she talked about was walking this new year, 2022, with a new saint. I love the practice at her church where they say they write down a saint and a little bit about them, and as they leave, they can pick that up, and then for the rest of the year, read, learn, and pray to that saint for their intercession. An unusual book came across my desk, and I'll be talking about it more on the morning blend, but it's about Sister Thea Bauman. And she was a nun and very active in the civil rights movement in the, in, 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 around in the 70s. And there is something about her faith that has mm. really kind of drawn me in. And so I have decided this year, I'm going to learn more about her. She's not a saint yet, but she is on her path to sainthood. You've had that opportunity, though, to pick a saint and walk with them each year. It comes to mind that going to Michigan with my dad, at the end of that pilgrimage, we gathered around as a group because we were with a group of people that, that attended this pilgrimage, about 25 of us. And there was a, a basket placed in the middle of the table where we, where we were meeting. And in that basket, there were 25 pieces of paper with a saint's name written on them. And it was passed around and we grabbed a, a piece of paper and whatever saint was in there, then we were encouraged, like Mary was talking about, encouraged to pray with that saint for the next year following this pilgrimage so that our pilgrimage will continue on. My patron saint, my saint at confirmation was St. Francis and the saint that I drew was St. Francis. Mm. So it's just, I mean, just loads of affirmation. Uh, and I was so grateful for that. My dad, I remember when he pulled his, he opened his up and he looked at it and he had never seen the name before. And he asked me, how, how do you pronounce this? It was Catherine Labore. Mm. And I said, dad, She's the one who was given the vision of the miraculous medal. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That changed my dad's whole trajectory on praying the rosary, on dedication to Mary. And in the time since that visit before he passed, he was able to receive tremendous blessings from Catherine Labore in the miraculous medal. So I think of those things. We should always hearken back to our confirmation saint at, at minimum. And that confirmation saint will lead us to other saints who we might need to invite into our lives at various times during our lives. So what a great practice. Oh, and as we welcome in the new year, may we always be grateful. May the saints always walk with us, whatever trials and celebrations we might have this year. Scott, will you end us in prayer? Yes. Lord, we ask you to help us to be open to the saint who comes to us in our time of need. Help us to enter this new year with great hope and gratitude for what you have given us as grace in our lives. We ask for your mother's intercession and St. Joseph, your father's intercession, as we enter in with confidence. We ask this all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Happy New Year and God bless. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. 
View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.